my turn. There you are. How are you? Pretty good. Yourself? How are you doing? You had me thinking awesome. that you had me thinking that you're getting plastic surgery talking about having to get your face straight. When I get my face straight, that means I need to put a little bit of makeup on to hide the dark circles. I need to put some earrings on. And then today it's been raining here, so I went out earlier and my hair got wet, and so it is not a cute sight right now, so I got my gotcha. cute hat on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look good. I think you did Thank well. You. Thank you. So how is your, uh, your day going? I know you, you said it was a little rough start. Uh, yeah, so yesterday, um, yesterday I was in the hospital, had a, had a little bug, and so took care of that, and today has been all about resting, so mm. uh, resting and still grinding, because I didn't go to sleep until 5.30, so if you Ooh. saw my Facebook post, I placed that there around 5.30 this morning, I was just going to sleep, so, gotcha. um, so yeah, you know how the grind is. Yeah, doesn't stop does not stop hey but so. the rest is real i think i'm gonna turn this thing off oh absolutely. i was i was having some uh technical difficulties right at five o'clock and i was like nope i got i'm gonna i came prepared i got the backup an old phone just in case ah okay good i like the backups yep You want to just jump into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, um, well, first of all, welcome to the podcast. It's kind of informal a little bit, but I always like to start with um, giving you a chance to introduce yourself as as you may, and I just preface it with this question. Um, who do you say you are? Wow. That's a powerful question. So I'm Shelly Shelton. I'm a women's empowerment coach, speaker, and author. And to sum it all up, I feel like I'm a, uh, I'm a woman of God that is trying her best to impact the world. And uh, sometimes we'll reference like that XYZ statement. Um, so to put it in those terms, I help separated and divorced women that are going through major trauma financially um, emotionally bounce back so that they can learn how to love life again. And, uh, and so that's, that's my story. That's who I am. Wow. You, you made that sound like it's just like, Oh yeah, that, that, that's just me. Just not a whole <laughs> lot going on here. That's all. Gotcha. That's, that's how I so, do it. So, I mean, how, how did you get started? Where did you, uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in a small town called Goochland, Virginia. And if you've ever heard of Justin Verlander, he's a pitcher with one of those um, baseball teams. I can't recall which one now, but mm -hmm. he's, he's from Goochland. He's the only person that I know that uh, has celebrity status that's from Goochland. Okay. And I grew up there, went to school there, and um, a lot of things transpired there and, and changed my life and, and definitely has... Um, definitely has it has made an impact on who i am today so i'll definitely say that gotcha positive or negative both combination both. of both yeah okay. would yeah. you like to speak to that a little bit more or should we steer clear for uh, you know i think i open that i open that umbrella up real quick didn't i um yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> uh, with, 
Okay, I'll say this, good from the standpoint of if it had not have, if these things had not have occurred in my life, mm-hmm. I would not have written my first book. Okay. Um, if these things had not occurred in my life, I would not be a speaker today. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if these things had not occurred, uh, my self-esteem would not have been where it was years ago. And so that's, that's the good, the bad, and the ugly all combined together with that. Wow. Gotcha. I know. So, I just dropped a shot on you one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's fine. It's, it's, uh, it's a good chance to uh, just be able to unpack things because as I've, as I've been doing this slowly but steadily, it's, it's been a good, like, it's, good, good, it's been a good exercise for me not only to get a chance to know you, you, the person that I'm interviewing, but also to just understand how to listen and how to ask questions to where I'm actually asking a question that means something to you and I'm not just asking a question to ask a question. Gotcha. Yeah. So you said the, you mentioned that the first book that you've written, what, what was the book? So the first book is called Smile, the How-To Guide to Get Through Any Storm. Mm. And um, so it, uh, it basically talks a lot about how you get through the things that happen in your life. Okay. And uh, especially, you know, another piece of my life, and I'm sure somehow in, in the end we'll talk about it, um, but I used to be blind, unable to walk, and... Uh, multiple sclerosis tried to take hold of my life and then uh, divorce was an impact. So, but mm. we'll get, uh, get to all that later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get there eventually. So I know initially when I, I reached out to you, it was um, through Breathe University because that, that's how I, I kind of came to know you from afar where I joined Breathe University back in 2016. Oh, I didn't realize you joined in 2016. So, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I started in 2016. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. February 2016. Got you. Nice. I, I think I was in September. Ah. Yeah. So, remind me where you're from. I'm from Georgia. Um, well, originally from Cameroon, but I've spent most of my life growing up here in Dalton, Georgia. Ah, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. yeah so I'm I'm a part of the group that started uh, the DMV crew. So me, Nikki, mm. the whole crew. Um, gotcha. With E and CJ and everybody um, that started a bunch of stuff back in in uh, 2016. So yeah. Does that oh, seem like so far away now? <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> it does. It seems like a long time now. So. Yeah. I am blessed. I will say this before we get started. I am so incredibly blessed and honored um, with what ET has done with my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I texted him this morning. We have such a great relationship. Anything I need, he's always there. He's been such an instrumental force in my life to help me continue to grow and blossom and, and to get me straight when I should be resting. Like, he'll be the first to say, yeah, you know, I talk about grinding but I need you to rest because it's no joke. So uh, I'm incredibly blessed um, that God placed me um, in his life and him in my life. So I'm so thankful. That's amazing. Yeah. It's funny because um, like you said, a lot of people talk about the grind 
or like just like working hard every day, day in and day out, like no sleep. But a lot of times it seems like people don't talk about that, the rest component. Mm -hmm. Has that been a big factor in your life where you've had to kind of step back or your body's made you step back? Oh, all the time. Uh, with multiple sclerosis, and, and I don't know, this may be the form where God wants us to just make that more aware. Uh, with multiple sclerosis, uh, it's a neurological illness that attacks your immune system. And so you have to rest. Mm. And I am at my worst when I do not rest. I can't move. I can't function. I cannot think. Gotcha. And uh, so grinding and executing is, is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, when it takes over my life, it impacts my health. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, resting is extremely vital um, to everyone's success. And so I want to, um, you know, caution everybody. Yes, please continue to grind. But rest, please make rest a, a part of your life. It's so important. That's a great point. And it's funny. <laughs> I'm just laughing because as I'm, as I'm speaking and I remember it, like I record this and then I have to listen back to it later to edit it. And I hear all the, the little phrases that I keep using. And I keep saying it's funny because, because it's, it's almost sounds like I'm telling myself a joke or listening to everything as a joke. but is what I'm trying to say is that um, when you talk about the resting, it I felt that effect over the past few years because I kind of came across ET around 2013 when I was doing a reevaluation of my life. And then since then, it's been like go to work. Um, I work in construction engineering. So mm -hmm. I, I went to work with a construction company that's well known and they've been in the industry that they've been in for over 130 years. So they have like a bread and butter technique that they go in, they build um, storage tanks specifically and they know how to do that. They can be in and out within weeks or within days, depending on like the size of the project and things of that sort. And for me, it was one of those things learning not only how to go into the work environment, say like the quote unquote corporate environment, but understanding or kind of becoming aware of what you consider an entrepreneurship mindset where it's, you have that, that like itch where something's constantly driving you or you're, you're forcing, you're, you're driving yourself to where your boss doesn't necessarily need to chase you and say, Hey, I needed this. Like every time he comes and speaks to you, you already have it done and it's just like oh here's here's five more but to your point if you don't rest your body will quickly tell you it's like hey you, you need to stop right here like you're not in college anymore you can't take naps during the day so yeah. you can't sleep at work so you're gonna need to go to bed on time if you're gonna wake up at three you gotta go to bed at nine it's like that's right yeah it's funny that you mentioned the word nap because i take a nap every day so yeah. uh Ever since I was eight years old, and this is where the, your question you have for me earlier about my past impacting the good or bad. Uh, when I was eight years old, I raised my three-year-old sister. Both my parents were both working two jobs. Mm. And I would get up every day at four o'clock in the morning to handle myself and to handle a three-year-old. And so mm. ever since I was eight, I've been getting up at four o'clock in the morning. Gotcha. And so when I started seeing people getting up at four o'clock in the morning, also when uh, with dealing with ET and everyone, 
I thought I was the only crazy one. Like I, I used to mm. think that I was crazy <laughs> because my body has always gotten me up at four. Like, right. Um, but every single day I take a nap. I schedule myself a nap. Five thirty. I work from home, by the way. Mm-hmm. I work from home. Have been for fifteen years, and so I take a nap. People used to clown me about that, and mm. used to be like, "Girl, what are you thinking? You can take a nap. Ha ha ha! You're so old and all this old stuff." I'm telling you, once I took that nap, it's like my life restarted every mm. single day. It is so powerful. So I take a 45 minute to an hour nap every day. I don't care what's going on. So That's um, nice. yeah, <laughs> yes, the rest is rest is key. In those moments that you get burned out, please rest. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I I learned the uh, I guess the easy way and the hard way. Ah uh, yes, <laughs> I had to learn both ways as well, mostly the hard way. Gotcha. So I I know whenever I reached out to you, I I had asked you for your bio and you sent me what I think is like the best thing anyone has ever had just like prepared, which was a video that of a talk that you did. And um, was the video titled Linda? Or <laughs> it, should, who? it should have been titled Linda. <laughs> okay. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that video? Because I yeah. thought just the way you told the story and the way you um, you just explained the situation to the audience that you were talking to, it was just like, as soon as you said it, I was like, man, that, that just hit me. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Um, someone yesterday sent me a text saying how powerful that video was. Uh, so that video was my story. And whenever anyone says, oh, Shelly, I want to know your life story. I want to know your bio. Let me send it to you in video form. Um, but yeah, I, the video basically talks about my life. When I was in college, I would go and see my grandmother. And my grandmother would tell me all sorts of stuff. Like everyone has a grandmother that tells you all sorts of stories and, mm-hmm. and has these thoughts and stuff. Well, my grandmother was very scared of storms. And whenever a storm would come up, she would say, I smell a storm coming. Mm. I'm like, so, so I went by one day and she was like, I smell a storm coming. And I'm like, Grandma, what are you talking about? She said, I smell a storm coming. And so she's racing around the room. She's only four feet 11, racing around the room, has me racing around the room with her mm-hmm. to, to unplug everything in her house. And she's talking about how scared she is. And in that moment that... She's telling me this. It's like my brain is saying, I, I need for you to think about the storms that you're going through right now in your life. And it was a relationship that I was in. And, uh, and so I, that video explains about the relationship. I was with this guy uh, from college and, and I eventually married him and then the marriage fell apart. And so I, I, I'm so blessed that I was able to explain it clearly where everyone understood what I was talking about. And so I explained it, how it just completely fell apart. Like step by step, I could see it. Like, boom, the building was falling down. The communication, boom, was falling apart. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, um, I realized my life had changed forever because we were together for 20, over 20 years. Oh, wow. And um and it was a major storm. I had never been through anything. I had never been through a major heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was an investment. People don't understand. Like when you're, you hear people talking about investing in money, investing in real estate. But when you invest 20 years with one person, that's mm-hmm. a major investment of time. Right. And, um, and so things fell apart. 
Um, and then while I was falling apart, I, I got to a point of major depression and was ready to completely give up. Mm -hmm. And I went to my car and I pulled the garage door down and uh, I said, okay, God, like I'm ready. I'm ready. Like I'm, I'm done with life. I'm done with all these storms. Um, I had already gone through MS. I had been blind. I had, you know, couldn't. And so all these things, I said, God, I'm done. I can't deal with it anymore. And mm -hmm. um, at the moment I turned my, my truck on, the garage door was down. I could smell the fumes coming in my car. And uh, I clearly heard God say, Shelly, it's not your time. And in that moment, I was like, okay, God, like I'm crying, I'm bawling. I said, God, so tell me what it is that you want me to do. Mm -hmm. And he says to me, all this stuff. And so I jump on my car as I'm just clearly listening. I'm writing everything down. And as I'm writing everything down, every uh, beginning of what I had written down is spelled out Linda in the front, like L-I-N-D-A. So I was like, okay, so God, so he's like teaching me about the people that were supposed to come in my life and help me through this storm because I was at that point where I was completely falling apart that I needed some support. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so he taught me how to bring the most powerful, amazing, incredible women into my life and then told me that I was going to empower them um, to continue to move forward. And it's all out in my video. <laughs> so, um, so I've been getting a lot of people now that have been looking at it. So yeah. it, it's been great. So, so thank you so much. I appreciate, I appreciate the comments and feedback about it. You're welcome. And I'll, I'll see you. Hopefully by the time I put this video out, I'll have figured out how to link it within the recording or within at least the bio. Okay. Okay. How long, how long, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say that video, um, the part that I didn't share was that was my getting certified as an ET speaker. If you mm. listen to it, he is in the background. He is saying, yes, that's him. Yes. Like he, you hear him speaking. Gotcha. So I, was, I was one, I was nervous as heck. Mm -hmm. um, and I had never like some of the stuff that you hear me say, um, I had not prepared it. Like I had prepared some stuff and because, you know, CJ Queen was in the room and I get more nervous than CJ than I do with <laughs> And I, um, and as I was saying it, I was like, okay, boom. And it just, it just started coming out. And then I didn't feel that complete clarity with it until I heard ET in the background. Like, yeah, I'm agreeing with you saying, yeah, you flowing out. So, um, mm. yeah, so that was such a blessing, such a blessing. It was a painful blessing, but. <laughs> How long ago was that? Um, so I got certified as an ET speaker, certified ET speaker, 2017. So okay. that was September, September 2017 when I did oh, it. Oh, wow. Um, so, so it's been, it's, and I took a long time to even put it out. Mm. So um, I was scared and I'll, be, I'll, I'll share this with you. I always tell people about sharing and being vulnerable with their story. And that story, I didn't want to put out. And um I didn't want to tell people that part about how vulnerable I was, how I had completely fallen apart, how I had hit ground zero. Right. You get to the point where you're ready to take your own life. You are at ground zero. Right. Um, and I had to rebuild my life. Um, and so, so yeah, so yeah, I took a while to even put it out there. Hey, but you put it out there. That's what's important. Yeah.
Yeah. And the fact that it's it's impacting people and you can just say, hey, this is my life story. I think I'll probably title this um, the story of Linda with Shelly Shelton. Yeah, I like that. And the, uh, yeah, wow. Because I remember hearing about you because you, you're, I guess the, what would you call it? Like the person that started the Lady Lions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and that's that's the group of women that you form to be your your Lindas. Yeah, gotcha. Absolutely. Absolutely. And can, can you explain what the acronym Linda means? Yes. So Linda stands for led by the Holy Spirit. Um, the I stands for I give mentality, meaning you give of everything: your heart, your money, your ties, whatever. Um, and is negativity is my kryptonite. Meaning whoever God is going to place in my life, if she's negative, if she gossips, she ain't for me. She will not be in my circle. Mm. Uh, the D is death do us part. Meaning she's going to be a ride or die chick. Gotcha. And then the A is accountability. So mm. I'm going to hold her accountable and she's going to hold me accountable. So, um, so yeah. Yep, so that's Linda. It's amazing. Because I, I, I want to say from the time that I heard about you and the Lady Linus, and then soon after I heard about the prayer line and I joined in 2016, but I didn't really get active until like the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those people that sat in the back, didn't want to say anything and just kind of sit on the phone like, Oh yeah, these people are talking about really nice things. And I think it was uh, YB, uh, Robert Young, Youngblood. Yep. He jumped on one day and he was just like, Hey, for all of you guys out there that aren't saying anything, you got to understand that you're robbing the line, like you're robbing people of your gift. And I've heard that so many times that people say, when you don't speak and when you don't use your gifts, like people die. Yeah. I think I've heard Quest Green say that multiple times. And like the first time he said that to me, I was just like, it just made me very uncomfortable because I was like, I'm not out here trying to kill anybody. I'm just... I'm just trying to be myself. Like I'm trying to be easygoing, like not bothering anybody, but it's like, Hey, like when you open your mouth, somebody needs to hear what comes out of that. And like seeing, like seeing you from afar and knowing that, okay, there's a group of women that get together and pray on a regular basis. I was like, okay. Then they start mentioning there's a men's group that does this. And I'm like, okay, where can I find this? Like, I keep looking around this corner, that corner. Finally, I put the message out there and I'm like, okay, where is this prayer line you guys keep talking about? Mm-hmm. And then somebody sent me the the number and I jumped on and just kind of kept working, working and listening in. And I, I chimed in from time to time. And by the time 2017 hit, I think it's probably September, right around the same time you, you did the recording of the video was when I went up to DC for the Stay Ready conference that they had. I think I still keep this bracelet because it was the first um, VIP event I paid for. Oh. And um, did we meet there? Maybe. It might have been in, in passing because there's always so many people at the events, but it's like, unless you communicate like this, it's hard to tell like who all's there. Yeah. Yeah. I think we met there. So in 20. 20- 16, 2017, I was going to like almost all the conferences. And then, uh, and then I stopped. I was like, okay, let me, let me get my funds together here. So 2018, right. I didn't really go to any. In 2019, I've been to a couple. Gotcha. Um, but I agree with you. So if you 
And so I want to even challenge you, and this is just who I am. I just want to challenge you even more to open up even more. Okay. Um, you, I'm sure, have probably shared your story on the men's line. You probably have shared some things that are challenges for you. Yeah. Um, I want to challenge you to say something every day, right? even if it's 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yes, because prayer changes things. And yes, when it, it people more come together, God is in the midst thereof. And so uh, your life will begin to change even more. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, so, oh, so let me can I speak a little bit about the Lady Lions real quick. Yes, of course. Of course. This is, this is your time. Okay. So, I, you know, I started that initially with E.T. Mm-hmm. And so originally it was just me and him and we had like five ladies on that me et and five other ladies <laughs> and then it grew within 30 or 60 days to about 50 people and then in okay. 90 days had almost grown to 100 people mm-hmm. um and so by the end of 2016 he got crazy busy and couldn't get on as much um and so it it was transferred completely over to me. So everything dealing with the Lady Lions is me. Gotcha. And so I have us every year going on retreats. Mm-hmm. And so we'll meet up in a different city, different state. This year is in Scottsdale, Arizona. So this coming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 25th through the 27th, I have all my girls um, meeting together in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, I have speakers, I have swag bags, I have uh, fun, it is spiritual, it is financial breakthroughs, it is emotional breakthroughs, it is a major breakthrough professionally, so everything. Mm. Um, And so one of the things that I had prayed to God about when he gave me this idea, because I went to ET and I said, E, can we have a prayer group just for women? Mm. As I've already prayed about it. I've already asked God about what I, how I want this to look. He said, okay, make it happen. So mm-hmm. I asked him on a Monday, Wednesday, we made it happen. Um, and every individual that comes on, we are instantly close. I don't care what city, state, country you're in, we are instantly closer than you are to your own family. Mm-hmm. And I had prayed about that. I said, okay, God, because we as women, we, we gossip, we you know, we do it, we say a bunch of same things, we, we're catty, we're all sorts of things with one another. We don't always have that instant love. And I said, God, I need instant love with this, just like the love that you pour out into the world. Right. And that's what the Lady Lions are. Um, gotcha. Most people think when I created the name Lady Lions, that it was because he always talking about lions and gazelles. I didn't even know at the time he was talking about lions and gazelles. <laughs> so, so, it actually is an acronym. Lions is an acronym. So it stands for uh, like-minded leaders interacting as, um, I'll give it, forget my own acronym, as, um, um, oh, in- interacting obsessively as, um, I cannot forget my own acronym. Oh, hold on, it's something like- service. I forgot what my N is. Gotcha. Um, I'll, I'll come back to it. I don't know why right, I can't right. think of it. It's like, okay. Uh, but That's, it's actually, you're pretty good with the acronyms, though. That's, I know, right? I'm always coming up with some sort of acronym. But, it's, but it was created to empower women to grow uh, and to always remember that what we do is serve God. Mm. Um, 
the word just came to my mind. Like, okay, why? why <laughs> so I'll come back to you. But, right. but yes, and so the Lady Lions. And so we, we originally, we got up to like over a hundred and something mm-hmm. and um, about 20, 25 of us are coming together um, in Scottsdale. And so it's going to be blessed. It's going to be gotcha. never service. There we go. Um, like-minded leaders interacting obsessively as never ending service. So never ending. We always were serving God. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Okay. So there you go. That's amazing. It's funny because you, you started the, the retreats how long ago? Because the group started in 2016 and then. Yeah. So the first one, I started in 2016 with the first mm-hmm. retreat. E.T. was at the first one. E.T., C.J., and C.J.'s family. Um, Jeremy Anderson was there and his family. I'm very close okay. to Jeremy. Um, so all of them were there. Um, that was in Atlanta. We had the very first one in October 2016 in Atlanta. And so nice. every October I have one. So every October I have one in a different city or state. So we started in Atlanta with the first one. That's awesome. I think the the men, they had their first retreat in 2017. And if I'm correct, I want to say they've been around for maybe like 20 plus years because he started it with um, some of his college classmates and friends. And then yeah. it kind of just expanded to where people will be invited on and be able to like, talk about it and I guess we kind of keep it on the hush but like we'll bring people in because it, it's supposed to be like a, a spiritual barbershop type feel where you get in and you cut jokes but it's always funny where we're able to just talk and you have real conversation with real men and men of God that is where it was something new for me because I, I grew up in the faith and I saw it more so from a religious standpoint where it's like you're raised and trained how to be do right. But like leaving home, going to college and like having your mindset kind of challenges. Like some, somebody asked me once, it's like, what does it mean to be a Christian? And it's like, I hadn't thought about it. I was like, so if you're a Christian, that means you're a follower of Christ. Right. And they just started kind of like poking like trying to poke holes into like what I believe. And I was like, you know, I, I don't know, but let me, let me get back to you on that. And it's like, I, I took that on as like, okay, let me see why it is. I believe what I believe. Let me go to different churches randomly, just like peek in there, okay. like sit in the back, like try and see like, okay, what, what's the Pentecost? What's this, what's that? But not to get off track is, it's just um, going through that experience where you have your faith kind of challenged and then going and doing the research yourself, I think brought me closer to wanting to have like a personal relationship with God. And what's funny is the first time I saw E at a live event was in 2016 because he happened to be in Augusta or not in Augusta in Atlanta. (laughs) I was in Augusta. So I drove over to Atlanta, which is about two and a half hours. And Whenever I, I went there, I happened to see Tobe, Tobe Nwigwi, mm-hmm. who um, rocked with E, or who still rocks with E. Mm-hmm. And I, I had just seen one of his videos online on YouTube where E had let him speak at one of his events. And he mm-hmm. tells his story about how he got started rapping with CJ, encouraging mm-hmm. him, and his mom kind of making fun of him, where it's like, okay, <laughs> you're yeah. like, as a foreigner or a Nigerian, it's like, there's this certain standard where you got to be a doctor, a lawyer, or engineer. 
And if you don't meet that, you kind of failed at life. And whenever I saw him in the lobby, I was like, oh, wait, you're, you're the guy from the video. I was like, what's up? Like, and we were able to just, he just talked to me like a regular person. So that, that impressed upon me, not from just seeing the video, but when you actually meet somebody face to face and they're just genuine about who they are, that yeah. I was, I was like, wow. And when I spoke with him, I kind of had one of those like oops moments where you see ET's name, uh, Eric Thomas's name on the, um, YouTube video it's ET the hip-hop preacher so I just thought that was something catchy but like from the moment I started watching his videos I was like I, I listened to it I was like okay I'm excited but like three or four videos in I'm like okay this guy he's not just talking he's not just motivating he's preaching but he's not preaching and then the things he kept saying I was like okay I, I grew up with this and the way he's saying it lines up exactly so I was like I trust him but then meeting Tobe in person and him saying, oh, yeah, he's an actual pastor. Like, that's that's yeah. what he does. Mm -hmm. And then seeing him actually present live and in person for the first time, I was just happy to be in the building. I got there an hour early and, like, sat down. And then he comes out and he starts speaking with his eyes closed. And I was like, yeah, I was like, who, who does that? Uh-huh. And then the more he kept speaking, I think at one point it's almost like he just blacked out and he just went off. Like he just let us have it. And I was like, <laughs> I got to get my life together right now. Yes. He moves you to get your life together, right? Yeah. I know. I know. Um, it, it, he has that powerful, I tell you all the time, he has that powerful anointing on his life. And when he talks, is gold. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, so yeah, I was so blessed. Um, he, uh, the power of accountability, his video, if you go back and look at the power of accountability, mm -hmm. he talks about Chris Daniel and after, and Kendall and Jeremy and, and Gers, David, David, um, David Shams. Yeah. And at the end, he talks about me, uh, from a, uh, a women's standpoint. So the power of accountability and he's showing me in a video, um, you know, I think we have yet, like he has done so much in the past 20 plus years, but we have yet to see what God is going to do with him. Like it's right. crazy, crazy powerful. Um, so I don't know too many people in this world that don't know who he is. Mm -hmm. uh, but but he's he's uh, definitely anointed. So yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And what's funny, I love that you say that because seeing him in person, I was impressed because I was like, okay, this person's real. Like yeah. he means what he says. He's not trying to like be one way online, be another way in person. And the people that he surrounds himself with are genuine. Like yeah. I just happened to walk by Tobin in the hallway, and he was talking to Tay, like I didn't know who Tay was at the time. It's like they were just cutting up. Yeah. And then he saw me, he's like, hey man, what's up? And like, gave me like 15 minutes of his time. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I'm Cameroonian, you're Nigerian, we're next door neighbors. Like I saw what you meant with the parents thing. Like, yeah, the, the struggle is real. <laughs> yeah. But, like awesome. after like after seeing that, I went to Charlotte next because a friend of mine couldn't make it. And I was like, you, you gotta come check this out. So like have, being able to bring somebody with me is like, man, it's amazing. And then 
going into 2017, hearing about the prayer line and actually jumping on there and hearing people interact and just like the level and the dynamics of the conversation and like not just everyday conversation, but like having a conversation to address a problem before you pray about it. I was like, that's, that's different. Like, you're not like, okay, here's an issue that I have. I'm going through this. It's like, okay, well, like speak it all the way out. And it's like, okay, well, I've gone through the same thing. So here are some actions that you're going to take after you get off of this call. Now let's pray on it and then move forward from there. And I was like, okay, so whenever somebody, I I don't know who listens to this, but I'm not really worried about that. But whenever I see people challenge quote unquote religion or Christianity, I see why they challenge it and I see why they kind of despise it because I despise it in that same sense where it's that the faith has been kind of perverted by people that kind of prey on others and they use the knowledge that they have to their advantage where it's like, okay, I'm going to tell you this much, but so long as I have a hold on you, um, I'm going to get what I need to get from you versus you being able to reach God. I'm going to either try and fool you to tell you that you have to do these things, or I'm going to set up some schemes like many people have been found to do, like having people send them money to do something like that. But Mm -hmm. just being around people like yourself, like ET that are true about what they do and they really walk in the faith and continue to improve upon themselves and have that accountability where they call to their peers whether people are either beneath them by age level or above them they're willing to listen and actually say okay if I'm not doing something right check me mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna make the adjustment yeah absolutely absolutely yeah you hit the nail right on the head yeah making those adjustments are key yeah they're not easy but no they're they're not (laughs) they're not easy but they are uh definitely imperative but definitely needed yeah Mm -hmm. so (laughs) what so now you you're you said you've been working from home for 15 years so are you what is it exactly that you do so uh so i have a full-time job in addition to all my side gigs on the side so my side gig life is what I want to make into my, my life. I don't want to say full-time job because it's not a full-time job. Once you go after that purpose and passion, it is just your life. It's not a mm-hmm. job. Um, but uh, so from a full-time perspective, I am a talent acquisition manager. Um, mm-hmm. And I handle 11 states as far as handling the uh, recruitment, staffing, uh, and acquiring talent process for uh, for my employer, gotcha. and um, and so for the past fifteen years, I've worked from home for mm-hmm. different employers. Um, but I have been in prayer that every time God moves me from one employer to another, mm-hmm. that is working remotely from home. Um, I enjoy that the most, and it's also afforded me to be able to rest when I need to rest. Right. And go after my grind when I need to go after my grind with my side gig life. Gotcha. Um, 
And one of the things that's most important to me now with my side gig life is a new book that I have coming out that I haven't even really talked about. Um, so this is an opportunity uh, on your platform for me to be able to, um, to talk about it. I talked about Smile, the how-to guide to get through any storm that's been out since 2017. Mm-hmm. When I went through, when I, was, when I was married, my husband at the time and I wanted to have a son. And we would actually walk around the house and speak him into existence. Mm-hmm. And so um, he didn't, in our minds, he didn't have a name then. So we would call him a child. So we would say stuff like, a child, come on in, let's have dinner. You know, come on downstairs, a child, like, you know, tell me about your day. Like we would say stuff like that, speaking him into existence. Like that's mm-hmm. how powerful. Um, and so even though our marriage fell apart, he went on his way and, and I am where I am today. Um, I still uh, had the desire to have a child and his name would be Chandler. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, God's word says that he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. And so I desire to have this child. And I said, okay, Lord, well, you know, I don't want to be a single mom. Like I said, that, okay, God, like I love single mothers. Don't get me wrong on that, Lord. I love mm-hmm. single mothers. However, my desire, Lord, is for me not to be a single mother, but me having uh, a neurological illness. You know, this, this thing is a chronic illness. And so, Lord, that's not what I want. And so we said, all right, so this, this is the type of conversation God and I have. So, all right, so, uh, well, I, I, I want to still bring him into this world. All right, so let's do this in a different fashion. And so, um, so since 2017, after that speech that you saw online about Linda, mm-hmm. I wrote a book uh, for Chandler and it is a book where the child that I envisioned, like I envisioned him, like how he looked, how he sounded, his little curls in his hair, mm-hmm. um, the kids he would impact, the things he would say, um, the life he would have, I envisioned those things. Mm-hmm. And so I have this book that'll be coming out um, most likely by November 1st. So you'll begin to see me on social media, talk about meeting Chandler, uh, that he will be birthed on November 1st, or he may be birthed last few days in October. So we'll see. We'll see when the baby will be here. Right, right. <laughs> so, so, but, and, but so, so the vision, God's word says, make the vision, you know, write and make it plain. And so I wrote the vision, made it plain. And so when I wrote it, um, everything was like, boom, like there it is. And, and, and so I, he narrates the book. And, uh, and so he goes on these different adventures. And so it's called um, The Adventures of Chandler and the Traveling Prayer Shawl. And mm-hmm. so you will, you will get a, um, you, be, you will begin to see, see some of that coming out here soon um so he'll be birthed here in the next few weeks but uh, i am so i'll say this i am so excited about this book uh i'm more excited about this mm-hmm. than it was about um smile the how to guide to get through any storm because now that god has got me through that storm i've impacted women i've helped them through their storms now god's like all right let me prepare you because i need you to help other women other families, other men in different areas. And how many books are out there 
that show a young black boy on the front of it and mm-hmm. narrated by a young black boy. And I'm like, I don't know too many, Lord. Right. So, um, and so the plan is I envision, this is the new vision. All right, so the book is going to be out there. Um, he's going to later um, meet up with Dora the Explorer uh, <laughs> or speak Spanish. He's going to be in cartoons. Um, he's going to have his own gear. There will be a Chandler doll. Like I have envisioned what my child that I always wanted to have, how he will impact the world. So yeah. even though I didn't birth him out of my belly, mm-hmm. the idea, the vision will get birth. Mm-hmm. And so I'm super, super excited about it. I can't wait to begin to talk more about it everywhere. Um, as soon as I saw the cover, I ball, I was bawling, crying. Like it was, I've never seen anything where people can do that, where they can take the vision that you have in your head right. and place it out on paper. I was bawling, crying. I showed it to E.T. and he was like, yep, that's it. Yeah. Boom. So um, CJ was like, yep, that's it. Boom. And I was like, yeah, when you can get, when you get, <laughs> you know, E and CJ to agree. Oh right. yeah. You know, you <laughs> hurry up and roll with it then. Yeah. Um, you're doing something right. You're doing something right. Right. And so I'm so incredibly excited. I pray, I pray, I pray in the name of Jesus that God uses this to impact the world. Uh, I want little, little brown kids, little black kids, little, yellow kids, every child in this world to be impacted by what this uh, little boy is going to do to help them with their life, all the little adventures. So uh, I'm super duper excited. That's amazing. Yep, thank you, thank you, thank you. So what, um, whenever I was looking at doing this podcast thing and, and like we talked about earlier when you speak out your truth. Yeah. It really helps you to unpack a lot of the things you've gone through because if I'm looking at this year right now, it's been, it started out pretty rough and it's almost, what's that? I said, really, tell, tell me more. Yeah. How did it start out rough? So it, it started rough in the fact of, um, I guess I didn't tie these things together until like I went on a job interview and somebody really asked me, it's like, what, what happened that, what happened for you to leave your job? And like for, like for the past two years, I would say, like the main reason why I joined ETA was because I felt like, I felt that I was in a very negative environment or I won't necessarily say that I just felt it, but I I was truly in a very negative environment. Just the amount of pressure being put on to not only perform the work, but the the circumstances that we had to overcome. So to give you a little bit about it, but not too much, is basically I was working on this um, nuclear construction project. And if you know anything about nuclear, or if you don't know anything about it, since you had the events of um, Three Mile Island on the U.S. side and um, Chernobyl over in Europe, since then there hasn't been any nuclear new nuclear facilities built in the United States for over 30 to 40 years now. So over in southeast Georgia, um, just south of Augusta, um, Georgia Power is 
been working on getting these two new units built with this new design that's been developed. And basically this is a trial by error type thing. Like China has already taken the design and they've put it out there because as much as the population is growing, we need energy to be able to um, keep things running. And you wanna be able to take things like emissions and coal offline to where we don't continue to pollute the environment essentially. So um, essentially I had the pleasure of working on a, a nuclear construction project for the last three and a half years. And I'd say, I'm sure it's the numbers up from then, but it's essentially like a $14 billion plus project that's been up and running as they're kind of, they should be winding down the phase of the construction over the next three years and actually put it online. But just to give you an idea of what what that's like, it's like imagine being in a high stress environment where you come into work, you don't necessarily have a clear plan about what you're going to do, but you know you're gonna be working say like 10 to 12 hours, and then maybe you may have to stay later or you may have to do um, five to six, some people do seven days a week, and you're just doing this constantly day after day, month after month for over a three year period. Like there's times in there when you have breaks, but it's very non-conventional. And for me, kind of coming out of college, it's there's certain things school prepares you for, but once kind of life hits, you have to just be able to jump in with two feet and hit the ground running. So for me, um, I guess, not to bring up the DISC assessment, but that's one of the things that really kind of helped me last year with Chris before he passed. I actually had a chance to like consult with him and just being in an environment where there's high demands and anytime that you do something well, it seems like the next second it changes. So say we got up in the morning, five o'clock or six o'clock, we show up for work and we say, we're gonna do A. So like we walk out there to do A, Next thing we know, no, throw away A, like we need another plan. So all of a sudden on the ground, you have to like, like either make up something to do or kind of come up through your roll of decks with something. And you just have 5,000 people kind of running around. It seems like with their head on fire most of the time, like management's doing the best to kind of keep things in line. But um, internally we're working well but you're supposed to be working with another group of people who instead of working with you, they kind of, they go against you just because they simply don't like you. Like they don't like the fact that you do good work. They don't like the fact that you might be taking work from them, even though the only reason you got the job was because they were giving the job and they didn't do it well. So they had to bring you in to kind of take over. So. Not to go on too much about that, but basically, if does that paint any a clear picture, or is that like a muddy enough picture clears mud? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. You were going to uh, there was something else. So essentially, dealing with that and basically feeling like my head was going to just like explode any second. Like in 2016, after I saw them introduce, like CJ and Josh had come out in Charlotte and they talked about Breathe University and I'd seen it on the videos and I was like, you know what, let me, let me just spend some money and like join, like 
what's the worst that could happen? Let me just jump in there. And I've always been kind of scared to spend money a little bit, just coming from like a poverty mindset or like a, a poor state to where you don't, you never have enough. And then as soon as like you have more than enough, like since you didn't know what to do with what you had, yeah. the moment you have it, you're like, well, if I put a little bit here, it's going to go away and then I won't have enough. But kind of getting out of that mindset, getting connected to Breathe University, I started to try to do more, but I went from doing not a whole lot to doing, trying to do everything. Mm. And that just took like, the more I got involved within Breathe You, I started to realize that, oh, like all this energy that I'm putting here, I need to put that into my job. And like, although it may not look the way I want it to look, like I've got to double down and actually like focus. Like, yes, don't just show up to work on time, but meal prep, like go to sleep on time. You can't be up trying to get this information that's going to help your life if you're kind of trying to destroy what part of your life is already active so in in doing that i think i may be i was dealing with stress in an unhealthy way and it didn't become apparent until 2017 and then slowly but surely by the end of the year i had i guess you would call it almost like a panic attack yeah. to where like i forgot to do one small thing like register for a test and I was just freaking out because I was like, I did this. They sent it to the wrong email, but it is like, there's no reason to panic. I just, I'd waited. I spent the better part of that year preparing for that moment. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I didn't do it. So I was like, crap. Like the next, next thing, there was a deadline that came up for a payment. I think it was for the retreat, the men's retreat in November. And then I didn't do that. And I was like, geez, like, I, like, how can I not? how in the world am I going to work on a billion dollar project and get my job done if I can't even like check an email? Like, I know that's a, like, that's a terrible way to think. And that's like a horrible rationale, but that's kind of where my mindset was at. And I spoke with a friend luckily that um, kind of pulled me out of that was like, Hey, like mm -hmm. shake it off. Like I've been through a divorce. I've been through um, having to move back in with my mom when my house was being repossessed and all of this, like I care enough about you to know that um, if you need to take a break, just go talk with your boss and take the break that you need to do. Don't, don't think that this job won't go on without you. It's like you do good work, but like if you're, if you're not able to do your work anymore, it's not going to do you any good. It's, you're not going to be good to anybody. Mm -hmm. And I kind of took that with some solace too, but then I was like, I had this same mentality kind of from, from a uh, high school, maybe high school football where it was that like quitters or losers. Mm. And I was like, I just remember so many people having to quit the team because they had personal things come up. Like their family had to move, like they had to relocate or something. As soon as they had to leave the team, they go to the coach one-on-one -on -one and they try to talk to him next thing the coach is doing he brings it back to us and say oh so and so had to leave but it's like like they start shaming the player or they start shaming that person to be like oh they weren't good enough to be here so they had to leave they don't tell us that this person had to leave for personal reasons and if something personal is going on in your life 
you need to take care of you before you worry about the team and the group. Mm -hmm. So I said all that to say from 2017 to rolling into 2018, I responded to fear versus reason. And I did not take the advice of my friend that told me, hey, talk to your boss about maybe taking a month off or two months off. And you're talking about working for a, a company that's 40,000 plus employees. You have full benefits, all that, but I'm not looking at any of that. I'm just looking at, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. So that means mm -hmm. that, that, that means that I'm not, I'm not worth it anymore. And it's always just like, everything's been, you either succeed or you fail. There's no in between. Mm -hmm. And kind of taking that mentality, it basically brought me to a breaking point in the summer of 2018 where I couldn't get up one day to go to work. Yeah. And I called a close friend of mine and I was just like, hey, um, I don't know what's going on, but I need help. Like, if you can help me, just um, yeah. help. And essentially ended up calling the, like, the Georgia crisis hotline to say, like, okay, I'm going to stay on the phone with you, talk through, um, talk with the operator, like through what's going on. And it's like, we talk through, it's like, are you having suicidal thoughts or this? It's like, no, I just, I got dressed and I just, for some reason, I can't bring myself to walk out of my room. Like I can't walk out of my bedroom yeah. and just kind of like processing that and trying to think like what in the world's going on because it's like you've already gone to a high level school like a high level engineering school in Atlanta and you just figure it's kind of like your battle scars you go here you're tested you're basically being prepared for the world and you just think okay like it's normal everybody that goes to Georgia Tech comes out and has like a little tick you see people and they have this like twitch and you're like, Oh, you, you went to school there. <laughs> and like, we all laugh about it, but it's like, there's certain things you have to really deal with, but having to call the crisis hotline and actually going to a uh, behavioral health facility or a mental health facility was the first time that I like, I became aware that mental health was a thing. Like I'm sure Absolutely. If my friend ever listens to this, she'll be like, no, like I told you about this over and over, but you try to act like what's going on in your head isn't a big deal. Just because you don't see it physically doesn't mean it's not real. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad that you uh, were able to get some assistance. Yeah, I was. And just with that kind of dealing with the stigma that's placed around it, I'm sure you, you know as well as I do, or probably even better, that mental health is something that's just not respected. And when people are going through minor problems, like, hey, I forgot to do something, or you're constantly dealing with stress and you don't have a positive or like an outlet where you can go and say, play sports after work or, be able to create a podcast. That's, that's kind of the reason that I did this is like, give yourself a chance to talk or at least listen to people because you enjoy listening to people. And then um, just be able to have something that like you produce yourself to where it's not just, oh, I worked on that project. And like, maybe I signed my name over on the corner. 
of something you'll never see. But um, yeah, that's sort of how I, I got here. Yeah. Mm, your story is powerful. Thank you. Yeah, it's powerful. Um, and yeah, and mental health is right now something that really needs to be discussed a great deal. Um, I had no intentions of, of speaking about it, you know, like I shared with you, I had no intentions of speaking about it in my video mm -hmm. when I was at the point of, of committing suicide. Um, I, you know, I regret not going, not picking up the phone to call an 800 number because I knew exactly what I was getting ready to do mm -hmm. and probably should have called an 800 number and said, look, I'm getting ready to take my life. I just won't let you know. But right. Um, so in that moment that, um, you felt out of control, like you, you were having what I call an out of body moment mm -hmm. where your body was like, I don't know why you think we had to work, but we ain't going there. Right. Um, what do you think is probably the most profound thing that you learned from that experience? It's very... The most profound thing I learned from that experience and having many more of those experiences this year is that when something's brought to your attention like that by somebody that cares enough about you, like you really got to just, you've got to trust the people that trust you enough to, to speak to you. Mm -hmm. And just going back to talking about being in a toxic environment, Mm -hmm. um, what's so toxic about it is that you start to question your own thoughts and feelings where people are always ready to just give you a, their opinions that you didn't ask for. Mm -hmm. And they're always willing to jump in and destroy something that you have as good. And if you pay too much attention to, as I did, I paid way too much attention to everybody else around me where even after I sought the mental health, I thought, okay, like I've been working on getting closer with my family and here's somebody that I don't necessarily open up with, but like maybe if I share something this personal, they'll be able to open up with me and we'll be able to kind of start a dialogue. But I quickly learned that that backfired and because I valued their opinion more than myself, mm -hmm. I made the mistake of being on like a good regiment to where it's like, okay, um, you're here. I need you to take some medication, which is another stigma. Mm -hmm. It's like, I need you to take some medication. It is just simple. And then get back to what you've been doing. Like do this activities, be eating right, be doing this. And then being asked a simple question of like, well, if you're doing all the activities and you're taking all the food and you're feeling better, like what's the point of the medicine? And I'm sitting here thinking, huh, you're right but not, you're not a doctor. You weren't there when I was down on myself. You hadn't, you hadn't even talked to me in like months. Like I just come to you and kind of like bear my soul for whatever reason, because I'm being naive. And then all of a sudden I take your opinion. And then not only what I share with you goes from me just having a conversation with you, but then all of a sudden I'm getting a call from my mom saying, oh, hey, I heard you were doing this. Like, what's going on? What's going on? And I'm like, I was, I was going to call my mom and talk to her, but I just, 
wasn't going to have that conversation. And then all of a sudden it's like feeling this pressure mm-hmm. and it's, it's, yeah. I don't, I'm, I don't know if I answered the question, but I, I would end it with this. Like the thing that I found most profound is that growing up as an adult, like you really have to divorce your old mindset and your old habits to where you can't continue. Like just because people want to treat you as the youngest or the second youngest, like they all see you as that little kid that grew up, but yeah. they don't see you at work. They don't see you putting in the work to do all of this like i literally before our video started i figured out how to get an email account for this with a domain name that the guys on the prayer line helped me set up because i was like oh hey i think i've got i've got the name of it they're like did you get a domain name like go ahead and lock that up now i was like how do i do that they said go to godaddy.com search it Mm -hmm. i search it it's like oh i type in it's my time and then i'm like oh it's taken and somebody's like did you put podcast after it? And I'm like, Oh no, let me try it. Like put in the billing information, all of that. And like, I would have never thought that just being in an, in the right environment, but then again, staying in the right environment, yeah, like just creates opportunities for you when you least expect them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I would say definitely continue to stay in that environment. Yeah. Um, um, I was gonna ask you something else, but forget what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna mention when I was going through my storm, I had to get counseling. Mm. And that too is a stigma that if you mm, yep. get counseling, that you're this and that. And yep. um I got counseling for over a year and a half. Mm. And I would say it was the best thing I had ever done. Yeah. Um and so I want to encourage everyone that um, has ever gone through the type of storm that you've been through, that I've been through, uh, anyone that's listening to this podcast to please, um, you know, seek out counseling, seek out um, some assistance. Uh, it is by far, it sounds like one of the best things that ever happened to you and definitely was one of the best things that happened to me yeah. was to seek the right people. Yeah, definitely. And also when you seek the counseling to stay committed to it, because for me, I kind of kept dipping my toe in the water and dipping out because I was like, this is weird coming and talking to a complete stranger. And it's like, they're just sitting there and nodding their head the whole time. And I'm like, why do I feel so uncomfortable? I feel like I'm just walking into a room butt naked and people are just like, just staring at me and I'm like, yeah. why don't you tell me something about yourself to where I don't feel like I'm the only one that's like out here, just no clothes on or anything like that. But mm-hmm. um, basically yeah. last year I like just went on and off, on and off, started this year on and off, on and off. But I finally linked up with one of the guys that's kind of helping me go through like at least weekly check-ins. But I think going into next year or through the end of this year, I'll definitely finalize a plan for him to get back to the regular counseling, if that's what needs to be there, because he's in the mental health space and he's going through and getting licensed and just being able to have just one-on-one conversations with him where he understands the process um, has been 
like you said, life-changing for me where I, I opened up and in sharing the story that I did with you, when I shared it with him, he said, okay, like you're in Augusta now, like, yeah, you should go home and talk to your little brother and share that with him because it's like, he'll respect you more for it, understanding the struggles that you've been going through. And it's like, it's not this thing that you've got to mask, whether it's mental health or pornography or whatever else people go through, because a lot of times people hide it. And then they always say like, what's done in the dark is bound to come out. And then when you have the conversations, it's like, you're able to become closer and just, it's like, oh, okay. So we're, we're talking now. Like we, Oh, like you can tell me that. Okay. Like now I can, I can approach you and it doesn't have to be a deep conversation, but it's like, Hey, what do you think about this thing going on in the news or my younger brother's in college now? And I think he's been trying to find his way. And as I'm taking things from ETA and sharing it with him, I'm telling him, at least from my perspective, like, stop like don't focus so much on getting a degree like understand that when you get out of here you're trying to manage the relationships that you have and start looking at what is it that you like or what is it that you love and start thinking if there's something that you want to do let me know because i know hundreds of people over here that if you want like they'll be willing to talk to you and say okay like hey come shadow me or come work over here or come work over there because it's like the opportunity is available, but they're only available now because the conversations are happening and just being vulnerable for a minute and saying like, Hey, um, I'm struggling and I need help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. I'm proud of you. I'm very, very proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. Continue to, allow that vulnerability to not only help yourself but to help other people appreciate it yeah absolutely i guess that's it you want to wrap it up there or should we keep Um, keep going what what do you what what would you like for me to share to end end our call what would you like for me to share um i would say definitely let people know how they can get in touch with you um when they should expect the book and if you have any last words of closing that would be great okay so um so hey guys it's shelly shelton i have enjoyed this podcast i hope and pray that you continue to jump on and listen uh to to get in contact with me i would love if you're uh, interested in getting more information about how to get through divorce, how to have, um, you know, how to have that healthy bounce back um, after divorce and separation, all that type of stuff, you know, contact me. Uh, my website is ShellyShelton.com. Uh, on my website are details as far as how to get my books. I have a new book that's coming out. I'll probably drop it around end of October, beginning first week in November. Uh, so stay tuned for that. It is the adventures of Chandler and the praying, the traveling prayer shawl. And, um, and then also my Instagram is I underscore am underscore Shelly underscore Shelton. I need to change that. <laughs> um, 
And that's the gram. And then, of course, Facebook is I am Shelly Shelton LLC, or just pop in Shelly Shelton, you'll reach me there. Um, and then, of course, YouTube. So on YouTube, if you would, just type in Female Motivational Speaker Divorce Recovery. And I would love for you to take a look at that video because that video speaks about my life. And I'm in prayer that once you see that video, that it changes your life. Um, thank you so much for today. It's been awesome. Thank you for being you. Continue to be a force to be reckoned with uh, in this podcast game and continue to make time for you to get rest. So, Thank you, ma'am. That's it. Thank you so much. Good seeing you. All right. I'll see you around. All right. Take care. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye.